Thank you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Thank you all for um, having me tonight and for welcoming me um, in such a lovely way. I am uh, indeed a daughter of um, Prophet and Prophetess Shaiju Matthew and Tinny Matthew. Um, I, I could not be here today without their love, without their pouring into me um, and teaching me what it is to be a daughter, um, what it is to be a servant, and even what it is to be a worshiper. So before I can go any further, I just have to give God thanks for them, for their lives, for this ministry. My goodness, what a privilege and an honor to be part of Revive Nations. It's a privilege, when I, I don't use those words lightly, it's an honor to serve this ministry all around the world with, with men and women of God like yourselves who just love Jesus. Come on, is there anyone in the house who loves Jesus? Come on, come on, you can clap better than that. When um, Pastor Preji mentioned uh, that I would be speaking here tonight, um, I said, oh, okay. It'd be my uh, honor to be able to share my heart about worship with all of you, to um, just impart a little bit of what I've learned so far. And I pray that whether you're a worship leader, a band member, or even someone who just sits in or stands and worships God, that your understanding of worship would grow tonight as a result. When I first met um, Pastor Preji and Pastor Rashmi, it was actually on my first revived trip when I traveled to Dubai. And what I noticed about them is their faithfulness. Two wonderful people who are faithful um, to the Lord and of course to this ministry and, and I'm seeing this, this local assembly. So I just wanted to thank Pastor Preji for this opportunity to be able to just share with you. So um, the River Conference was, were all of you at the River Conference last week? You were blessed? Wasn't it such an amazing time? My goodness, this, this river, this river that flows. Come on, let's, let's just stand for just a few moments. Just worship the Lord together.
worship or we come into the house of God, it has to be the cry of our hearts. Lord, if you don't go, I won't. And God, I want you. That has to be your prayer. Father, fill, fill first my heart. Let there be an overflow of your presence. And may we bring a sacrifice that is pleasing. We just prepare our hearts. You know, these are the things that, that I often say. I'm saying, Lord, prepare my heart. Prepare my heart, my life to, to, to host you. That you might fill the room with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all in the details. <laughs> in the words of my father, he says, details make you great. Yeah, after all, God is, is in the details. We, we see example after example um, where there is significance um, in the details. It's just a small small things can can shift the tide or change uh, the circumstances of course the word of god is is, is so detail oriented and, and we have every opportunity opportunity excuse me um to learn through the word of god how who we are how we ought to live how we are known and and that's exactly why in worship we have to pay close attention to these details. So, at one point I, I'd started leading worship and I would sing songs that I was familiar with, songs that I had on my playlist. 
And it was good because these were songs that were important to me, that touched my heart. Um, and I'd get up and I'd lead worship and I'd have a great time. And then I'd look out into the congregation and I would notice perhaps they didn't know my, my, my songs from my playlist. And people would just be standing there and possibly haven't learned the song or never heard it. So they weren't fully engaged. So after a, a certain point, I realized I needed to pay attention to that. And why that was important was because I understood that leading worship was about leading God's people into the presence of God. And I couldn't do that if the people wouldn't go with me. Right? So, I took a different approach. Instead of singing songs that I was comfortable with or that I enjoyed, I started paying attention to what songs everyone else was singing or listening to. And that was important because we connect with the lyrics, right, in a different way when it's a song that we enjoy. And doing that was the second phase of my understanding of worship, where not only did I get to sing songs I enjoyed, but then I got to sing songs with, with the church that they enjoyed. And it made loving Jesus much easier because we'd sing songs we knew and we'd lift our hands and we'd be totally lost in the presence of God. So that was good. As, as part of my responsibility as a worshiper with Revive Nations, when we travel to different places, it could be that people, uh, the congregation that we're visiting, are not singing the same songs as us. So it's also my responsibility to, to kind of scout in advance and find out what's happening, what songs are being sung in your atmospheres here in this, in this local assembly. So it's my responsibility to steward the presence of God in a way that would facilitate worship for the people. Because it's not about me, right? It's about, it's about, of course, hosting God, but also to serve the people of God. And that's what I love about leading worship because there's a, there's a pastoral aspect as well, you know, um, that you're caring for the heart of the people that, that you're ministering to and with. As, um, as time has, has progressed, um, you know, it's like any, any growth. You start, you know, by crawling and then you take some steps, you fall, you make some mistakes and then you get up and then you walk. Um, I learned from my spiritual father that worship requires understanding. I'm like, whoa, understanding. I thought I was doing it right and I thought, you know, this whole time I'm, I could sing. I can, you know, hit the notes and the, the congregation is singing. But it's, 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 it's more than that, right? Those, while those, those aspects are very important, um, to worship with understanding is to now uh, understand the lyrics you're singing. What kind of impact it has. Not only on my life, but on 
your life and the atmosphere. So that took me to a different place of understanding my role as a worshiper and, and what, what, what does the Bible say about who I am as a worshiper. And so it brought me to the temple. Tonight I'm going to read from the, the book of 1 Kings, chapter 7. And we're going to start in verse 13. Father, I just pray that as I speak from your word, that this would be a catered word to this generation, Lord. That what you speak would be heard. And Father, might, may it change the way we understand worship. That we would be people of understanding that would host your presence and deliver fragrant offerings that are holy, pleasing, and acceptable unto you. In Jesus' name I pray. I'm a little overwhelmed because uh, to stand here is, um, I love Jesus. <laughs> And to deliver his word in this way is, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Verse 13 says, And King Solomon sent and brought Hiram from Tyre. Verse 14, He was the son of a widow of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in bronze. And he was full of wisdom, understanding, and skill for making any work in bronze. He came to King Solomon and did all his work. My spiritual father told me that you don't have to read five chapters for God to give you a revelation. You could read one verse and God will speak to you through every word. What I love about this particular verse is that we see King Solomon is at the point in the building of the temple where he wants to furnish the temple. So the outside has already been built. The walls have already been laid. The floor is done. But now he wants the furnishings, the details. You know, this table, the chairs. But so he, so he calls on this man who is, is his name is Hiram. Hiram, excuse me, from Tyre. And it's not to be confused with King Hiram of Tyre, who also helped build the temple. The Bible says that he was a son of a widow of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in bronze. So what we already, the little that we already know about him is that he honored the life of his late father because he followed in his footsteps. 
and you know it's clear because the Bible says that he was full of wisdom understanding and skill for making any work in bronze and what else the Bible says is that he answered the call from King Solomon to come and do the work hmm. Wow thank you Lord I placed an emphasis on the word skill just paused on it for a moment doesn't take away from wisdom or understanding but there is a skill that's required when you're leading worship it's not the most important part because we would much rather have people whose hearts are in the right place than someone who's skillful but they don't have a nice heart they don't have a good heart but, they, but the Bible also says that he had wisdom and understanding and what I like about this particular story is that he prepared all sorts of things. If we, con if we continue on. He, here and it says in verse 40 and Hiram made the lavers and the shovels and the basins so Hiram made and ended up doing all the work that he made King Solomon for the for King Solomon for the house of the Lord he also made pots and shovels and he did he did even details like he made pomegranates like he he made these things and he fashioned them out of bronze and he put you know um, these two pillars of bronze and there was no detail that was left. You know, can only imagine what it looked like. So when we're called to lead worship, you know, it's a, it's, it's a calling that you answer, right? And we take it, we take it seriously and, and, and there's, there's full, full length of responsibility. But God builds us. We are the temple. And then as we prepare, I believe that, that we, we have to pay attention to the small things that go into it. So, small things like, do you have your own time of worship with the Lord? Are you seeking the face of God in advance or is it a performance and you just show up and you sing whatever you need to right having personal times of worship is so important if, if I come here and I haven't had a private time then I'm doing it out of my flesh. And it's, it's a fleshly offering. It's no longer an offering from my spirit. The things that, that I find are, have made a huge difference are when I would have my times of worship and I would seek the face of the Lord and I would you know, begin to pray and say, God, what are you saying? What do you want me to sing? 
What, what is it that you want to speak over the congregation in this particular, uh, this particular service? So it's like a prophetic uh, action that's taking place days before I enter into the service. You know, and so I, I have this conversation with God, and then suddenly I'll, I'll begin to hear, you know, different songs. I'm like, okay, this, this is good. Is this a song that you want? And, and there's times where I'll build a, a full set list, and I'll have, let's say, four or five songs, and I'm like, okay, this is good. And I'll get to rehearsal, and I'll say, there's one that I'm not too sure of, but I'm, I'm positive about this, this, this. And, and then we begin the rehearsal and we start going through the songs. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this one's good. We're gonna use this one. This one, the Lord is using this one particular to, to sing over our generation, so let's do that. And I find that in the moments where I've, I've been sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit in that way, if, if there was a point when I thought that one particular song was, was a no-go, if I respected that, that, that nudge, it helped the service take off. If I ignored it, I mean, I'm just being honest, right? It's like we were about to take off and we didn't. So I think that it's important to be able to have that, that kind of dialogue, that conversation with God in advance, to ask him and say, hey, what do you want, Lord? And that, that has helped tremendously in, in delivering you know, uh, a worship experience for myself and, and for the congregation. telling you as we as we evolve as worshipers we go for I've gone from I should say being conscious of the congregation to being conscious of the presence of God and it's evolution because once I was only focused on the presence of God so was everyone else And I believe it's a grace to be able to hear songs in the spirit. And so when my man of God can stand up and, and hear songs in the spirit uh, and, and, and just catch whatever's happening, like the flow that we saw at the river, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's something that I ask the Lord to, to impart. To be able to hear what's taking place in the spirit. Um, my goodness, practically, it's, uh, it's not always easy. You know, we were practicing before, remember? We were practicing for service, and there was a song that I was hearing, but there was other things going on around, and I was like, Lord, I wanna, I wanna know what it is. And even that, I find it takes time to develop. <clears throat> you know, I mean, it didn't happen just like that. It, I was deliberate in, in seeking God to be able to have that capacity, to be able to hear from God, to be sensitive, to say, okay, um, did I get it right? Am I getting it right? 
Because again, you don't want to worship from your, yourself. You want to worship from the Spirit, right? I want to give you all practical tools that you can use that will allow you to personally host the presence of God, not only in a, in, in a church setting, but wherever you go. to worship with understanding. Thank you, Lord. One of the things that I've learned is that we can't rush ahead of the presence of God. Sometimes we have a t an allotted time frame and we need to finish our set within that and that's great. And I believe that within the confines of time, we can still host the presence of God but being comfortable and confident enough to be able to say, hey, Lord, where you go, I go. What you say, I say. And, and not to feel rushed or, you know, that somehow people might get impatient with you. So, as I started to share, my process is, if I know that I'm going to be leading worship, either, either it's Sunday or at a blaze in Montreal, I start a few weeks before. And the conversation with the Lord will happen and it'll be something like I shared, well, Lord, what do you want to sing over your people? And as he begins to drop what I perceive as songs in my spirit, I assemble the set and I, I begin to pray over it. And you know, it's great to have the spiritual aspect down, but there's also a practical aspect as well, right? So I will meet with our team. We meet with our team. We have rehearsals. And what makes our Revive Nations uh, worship team, you know, rehearsal so special is that our service may begin at 6 p.m., but we start our rehearsal at 2.30. Two thirty p.m. we arrive and why that's important is because sometimes people are busy right they're running in they're dropping off their their instruments uh, and, and everything feels rushed but we don't want to rush into the presence of God so what happens is they arrive musicians vocalists arrive at 2 30 everybody takes the next 30 minutes to set up and we you know have a little chit chat we have fellowship we talk and then by 3 p.m we're praying and we're praying together and we're seeking the face of of god together and and that's important because we can have our times of rehearsal but not have the times of prayer you can't have one without the other so as a team we we meet we pray for an hour and then at 4 p.m we begin our rehearsal and so the rehearsal lasts about 45 minutes because we just do like a, a run through of the, of the set. And then for our Ablaze uh, service, there is actually prayer, intercessory prayer for the city that begins at five. So then we're back into prayer again. And our worship service starts at 6 p.m. 
It's pretty detailed, right? And it's, it's, it's a huge commitment. It's a time commitment. People give up their entire Saturdays, Saturday afternoons for that. Not to mention, if you're leading, you're praying in advance, right? It, there, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And one thing I realized too that that's the practical aspect is that if you're going to get a set list and you've not listened to it, 100% guarantee I know. I'll know. And it's funny because musicians will just try to slip in or, you know, the singers will try to slip into the service and just hope, I've listened to that song. But there's one thing to listen to a song and there's another thing to actually hear the song. Right? I will tell you that when I'm in preparation, I've probably listened to a song without exaggeration about 60 times before I get to, uh, it sounds like a lot. But I've got these songs on repeat for weeks. And so that's why if, you know, we get to rehearsal and, and uh, someone doesn't know it, that's why. Because I've literally thoroughly examined the entire song from start to finish. So in talking about details, right? We're talking about a commitment of time. We're talking about, uh, you know, the preparation that goes into one service. I mean, I'm very passionate about wor worship, so it's, it's easy for me to do this. But it can be seen in the dynamics of the team where there's one, you know, if, if this happens, you know, where there's some people who have committed and some people who are, are there halfway or they've not done their, their homework, it's evident. Because there's nothing like getting on a stage or a platform to worship Jesus and all you're concerned with is, as a musician, where you're going next because you've not practiced. So you're not present. You're not present in what's taking place because you're thinking, okay, she's going to go to the bridge next. Uh, no, wait, no, it's not the bridge. Is it the bridge and chorus? Or, you know, because the song is broken down usually in a verse and there's the chorus. Sometimes we go back to the verse then we go to the chorus, bridge, bridge, tag. You know, these are all, you know, language that we use in terms of the song, the breakdown of the song. But if you don't know the song, what ends up happening is that you can be completely focused on what's coming next. And I'll turn to, let's say, the drummer, not anyone here, but I'll turn to the drummer and be like, I'm expecting something from him that, that can shift an atmosphere. You know, I, I, I love drummers. Drummers are, are so important because they actually are like the spine of, of the song. They keep the beat. If the drummer's off, I'm telling you, I'm looking over at him like, what's happening? It's true. You might see some of my funny facial expressions, but <laughs> I've been working on it. I've been working on it. But you see, even in just sharing this, it's, it's, it's these small things. So, so there's, a, there's a high level commitment because what we want is to have the time of prayer and the time of overflow meet right here. 
that people are confident and comfortable with the material and that they are presenting a sacrifice that's unblemished. Because if your heart and your mind are not in it, is it acceptable? I learned recently uh, from, from my papa that God doesn't have to accept your offering. He doesn't have to. It's not just your financial offering. It's your offering of worship. He, you know, you can come here and worship and think you've done a great job and God's not in it. That's a scary place to be and I've been there before. And so my prayer, because of my understanding that has shifted, is Lord, please accept this offering. Please let it be holy. Let it be a fragrant offering, an incense that's pleasing to you. And, and again, you know, all the, the work that has to go into this moment, I've shared just, you know, surface level uh, of, of what we do, but I mean, it's a lot. So when we get here, and everybody has prepared. So they've listened to the songs, maybe not 60 times like me, that's okay. But they, they know their stuff. And, and they get here and, and they, they begin their rehearsal. And, uh, sorry, let me backtrack. They get here, they've prepared, they've you know set up and they start to pray. So now you're inviting God into what you're about to do, right? You invite the Lord into it and, and God begins to speak. Most recently, actually, I just want to share this with you. Uh, we had a, a whole set prepared for an ablaze service a few months back. And we went into prayer together as a team. And there was this song that was looming in the spirit and I was like, okay, let's just sing it in prayer. So there we were, the team, we were just, you know, praying and then singing and it was so wonderful. And then that was it and we went to rehearsal, we went through our set. And then just as we were about to start worship, we pray together as a team. And we were in the back praying. And all of a sudden, this song comes back. And we were like, okay, let's just sing this again. But we haven't gone yet, right? So there we are in the back of the sanctuary, just having a time of worship. <laughs> and we're singing a song that's not planned, that has nothing to do with what, you know, the Lord spoke to me a few weeks back. And then we get on the stage or on the platform and we begin the service and there's the song again. But my concern was, do people know this song? This is what I'm thinking. We know it, but does the church know it? So, it, you know, that old way of thinking quickly, it's not an old way, but that, that thought comes into my mind and I'm like, okay, no, no. But it didn't matter. All of a sudden, this overflow of what we started just a few hours before just washes right into the congregation and the place is just completely lost in worship. And I mean, every person. And I was like, wow. Okay, Lord. So we do the legwork. We do the pre preparation. We seek his face. We honor the calling by by learning more about what it is that we're to do but when god shows up please lord take over and 
what was beautiful about that particular service is that we started with a song which is not like you know a traditional song that we would start with sometimes we start with a faster song you know if you're a worshiper we want the congregation who's a little sleepy in the back to wake up so we get a little songs that make people move but this particular song wasn't and it was beautiful and that required sensitivity to the spirit that required flexibility being able to to move according to the leading of the Holy Spirit even though I felt confident that what I had already prepared do you see what I mean could you imagine now if I got up there and I told the Holy Spirit, no, sorry, we're not doing that. I might not have said it that way, but if I didn't sing the song, that's what my answer was. He would have left. And perhaps only came back when my dad came back. <laughs> but I'm telling you, these things are really important. Sensitivity flexibility details how many people knew this much work goes into it it's a lot you know um, talking about being a leader as you know a worship leader are there, um, how many worship leaders are there in the house? How many people lead worship? <laughs> okay. I'm glad that you lifted your hand, Pastor Preji. <laughs> I just want to talk uh, uh, briefly about dynamics. I think that's important. You know, if you're a young team um, and you've just sort of assembled, or even if you're an older team, you know, God is, is, is a God of law and order. You know, he, he's a God of principle and protocol. So when he places someone above you to lead you, he does so with purpose, with a reason. And, and I find that it's important that we have an understanding of, of why that's important. So, so, okay, I'll use myself and then I'll, I'll, I'll move on. Um, so I'm appointed as worship leader right I've done the homework I've done the preparation and I'm 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 set to take the platform to lead worship and I'm I'm, I'm remaining in the spirit and I'm saying okay God what do you want it's not the time for me to joke around it's not the time for me um, to, to check Instagram you know it's not the time. So I come and someone says, I think you should sing this song. Do I sing it? Do I not sing it? What do you guys think? Depends on who told me depends on who told me if my leader comes along and says you need to sing this song I'm singing that song 
remember, I, I've done all this legwork, but I've prepared. I've, I've prayed. I've heard. These are the songs the Lord wants to sing. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, Papa, whatever song you want. And even if it isn't my spiritual father, but it's my leader, no problem. I will do. Now, this happens a lot of times where people on a worship team, you know, it... Wait, who does this person think they are telling? Like, it happens, you know? And people can become offended easily and think, well, I've prepared or I really wanted to sing this song. And, and that can have an effect on the atmosphere. In fact, it, it does. Because if your heart is not in the right place or if your attitude is not in the right place, it can, it can affect how you play and how you sing. Because you'll sing or play with bitterness. And pride, really. Because pride is when you, you think that... Uh, no one else can do it better than you. Pride is when you think no one else can do it better than you. So, dynamics. Vanessa, there's a change in service. You're not singing three songs anymore, you're singing one. Okay. We need to be willing to adjust. The agenda is not mine. I make myself available. I say, yes, Lord. I do what I'm required to do based on my understanding. I do the work. I come ready. I come pray prayerfully. I was going to say prayed up, but prayerfully. And then I say, Lord, use me. No matter what that looks like. Because for me to be submitted to my assembly is being submitted to the Lord. And you know, even though I'm leading worship for Revive Nations, um, and even my church at Emmanuel, I'm not gonna bypass any person because I think there's a better song to be sung. I won't do it. I'm just giving you like a background of, 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 of what, what it takes, what's, what's required. You know, um, these things need to be said. It's important to understand that um, it's it's to serve is the joy. To serve, to be able to do this, it's a privilege because I could be anywhere else, and I mean anywhere else, as in not serving God. You know, if it wasn't for the grace of God. So I count it as a privilege to be able to serve in this capacity. And I, I think it's important that people understand that um, Pastor Preji is, is the set man over your house. And tomorrow, when, when I come to lead worship, it's not my agenda. He said to me, okay, Vanessa, prepare this, and I'll prepare it. But 
the moment that he comes it's 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 uh you'll you'll notice when the man of god comes it's it's no longer me it's a i, I take a position of of facilitating what the lord is about to do through the man of god for those of you in the river know i will not take center stage unless i'm invited to do so these things we need to know we need to understand they're important my goodness i could talk about this talk topic all night you know singing there's 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 different um levels of singing even that is required as a worship leader you know sometimes i'll sing softly sometimes i sing loudly with more authority it depends on what i'm singing you know singing too loud can shift an atmosphere in a negative way You know, if I just opened my mouth right now and sang loudly, it'd probably startle all of you because I'm speaking at a certain, you know, timber. It's the same thing. We need to be conscious of, of, of these details. And I'm not referring to the congregation. Please, by all means, sing as loud as you want. I'm serious. I'm just referring to from, from the worship leader standpoint. As a matter of fact, just to talk about those of you who are not leading worship, please sing loud. I'm serious. Sing, sing with your whole heart. It doesn't matter what it sounds like. Because when you're, you're lifting up your voice in adoration to, to King Jesus, this is, this, this is the moment where heaven is meeting earth you know we've got our hands raised we're, we're looking into his face and we're just completely lost wrecked by his presence just saying god i i just want to love you i want to i want to worship you i want to adore you and you know there's nothing like lifting your hands like children and 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 complete adoration and just saying daddy i love you i want you so I've given you a lot of stuff. Have those times of, of worship at home. Read the word. Study the temple. You know, once Solomon was done building the temple and the, in, the outside was done, the inside was done, and all the furnishings were there, then and only then could they bring in the Ark of the Covenant. That's only at that point where they could bring in the presence of God. So, so we need to do the legwork as worshipers. If, you know, if you're part of the congregation and you notice there's songs um, that, that uh, your, your worship leader is singing, listen to them throughout the week. Meditate on them. Go to your worship leader. Ask them, what songs are on your heart? What's the Lord saying? I mean, if, if, you, if you're comfortable enough, I would say do that. Sometimes I like to, you know, on Instagram, I'm very big on Instagram. I like to post, you know, what I'm listening to so that people can hear in advance and know what's coming. You know, share some songs that you like. And not only just because it sounds good, but what's the revelation in the song that you're, you're listening to? Why are you singing this? Today, as a matter of fact, when I was preparing um, for tomorrow, I just kept hearing um, King of Glory. 
know if I can sing it in this key. King of glory, fill this place. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. Could you hear the lyrics? King of glory, fill this place. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. So, so these are the type of things that are happening while I prepare. So now, tomorrow, when we come, imagine, this is what we're saying to the King of Glory. I just want to be with you. And that's actually my prayer right now. Like, that's like, if you could see into, into my spirit, that's my prayer. I just want to be with you. You see the lyrics, King of Glory. I'm attributing a name to the, to the king. He's not just the king of kings, but he's the king of glory. I just wanna be with you. I just wanna be with you. Take me to be with you. to put a smile on the face of the Lord. After um, Hiram was done building everything and putting what seemed to be insignificant because there was a shovel that they brought in there seemed insignificant. Something happened. In verse 48 it says, And Solomon made all the vessels that pertained unto the house of the Lord, the altar of gold and the table of gold, whereupon the, sh the shoe bread was, and the candlesticks of pure gold, five on the right side, five on the left, before the oracle, with the flowers and the lamps and the tongs of gold, and the bowls and the snuffers and the basins and the spoons and the censers of pure gold and the hinges of, hinges of gold, both for the doors of the inner house, the most holy place, and for the doors of the house to wit of the temple. So was ended all the work that King Solomon made for the house of the Lord. And Solomon brought in the things which David his father had dedicated, even the silver and the gold and the vessels did he put among the treasures of the house of the Lord. My goodness. Chapter 8, verse 1. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. When I read this, it reminded me of the river. It reminded me that under my spiritual father, all these people were assembled, brought together, one tribe. Verse four, and they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tabernacle of the congregation and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle, even those did the priests and the Levites bring up. 
and King Solomon, all the congregation of Israel that were assembled unto him, were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. Remember what I said earlier. Lord, may this be a pleasing sacrifice. Verse 10, and it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. So that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. I'm reading the King James Version. I, I just realized that, I'm sorry. So that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. I'm just going to read verse 10 and 11 again, but in the ESV version. And when the priests came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. Come on. That's our objective. After all that we do. The objective is that the glory of the Lord would fill the temple. That the cloud of glory would become so heavy that people could not remain standing. That people would bow before the king. That there wouldn't be any ego or pride. That they'd lay down all that they are and all that they have before the king. And that his presence would fill the room. Fill the room, Papa, fill the room. I pray that what I've shared here tonight would help shift your understanding of what it takes to worship the Lord. You know, what preparation goes into it. That you'd be passionate about preparing these things for God with understanding and sensitivity that you would you would serve the house with gladness serve the house with with a, with humility and not just the house but serve your man of god because what he puts into what he brings week after week we need to help facilitate him as he hosts the presence of God. So that way lives can be changed. How many know that you can't come into the presence of God? You cannot come before the presence of the Most High God and remain the same. You cannot. 
one of the things that we pray um, often is that as God brings the people that nothing would hinder them from coming that they would come into the sanctuary and be transformed by the presence of God as a result that healings would take place right that that broken hearts would be mended that there wouldn't be distractions that would take people away from hearing the word of God that that was sent to change them we need to be aware of those things and and love Jesus together better every time we come together would you stand with me and we'll just worship Jesus a little bit more Mm. So yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So Come on, just begin to pray in the heavenly language can alternate to sing a song to lift your hands all over this house and just worship him. Just worship him because he's worthy. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website, dreamingrevival.com.